Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's a time and a place for black and white. Like when you're learning to play piano. Or when you want a big two-toned cookie. Or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white. So go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing. From banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, a Pittsburgh Steelers podcast made by fans like you, for fans like you. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. I am your host, Joe Kuzma. Today, I am joined by a special guest, Perhaps maybe a future regular, but his first time here on the Steel City Underground podcast. He is a fellow contributor with me over at Behind the Steel Curtain. For those of you listeners joining us from over there, welcome. And I'd also like to mention that he is the founder of the Steel City Report at SteelCityReport.com. Nathaniel Bodner, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing today, sir? You know... Just fine. I, we were talking earlier today. We were trying to get on the horn here. Everything's working out, and we're doing this show together. And the topic today is Steelers coaching staff. And just a real quick note, I was talking about earlier with Nathaniel, and I'm like, hey, you know what? i got to try and get this article out, which I titled, Is Hashtag Fire Haley Still a Trend? Is it still a thing? And believe it or not, when I looked it up, there's still people that are using it. 
And, You're always going to have people like that. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. And I'm sure Fire Mike Tomlin, which we'll talk about too, is a thing as well. And wouldn't you know, like the very first person like that responds to me, and this is going to crack you up, but it's a little behind the scenes thing. I just knew this This actually started a fight in almost some bands in one of the Facebook groups I'm in. Because when I put it in there, it's like as soon as you mention somebody like Todd Haley or Landry Jones, like the whole thing like just lights up like a Christmas tree. And the first comment to me, responding to me, says, if they don't win the Super Bowl, clean house on all of them. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Okay. You know, you don't clean house on a Super Bowl winning head coach and Mike Tomlin and a solid organization with a bunch of solid coaches. And you, you're going to get into that um, very shortly here. But no, I, people, I, I don't understand. Yeah, I'm sure there's people in Seattle that are still upset about Pete Carroll not handing the ball off to Marshawn Lynch, and that was one of the other comments that popped up was the uh, Baltimore Ravens game that was played at home last year, the one that went to overtime, and they tried that uh, fourth and two, I think, where they hand off, or Michael Vick tries to take like a little bootleg and it goes nowhere. And, yeah. and everyone's like, why don't you hand it off to Le'Veon Bell? Why don't you hand it off to D'Angelo Williams? And it's like, were you guys paying attention? They ran the ball. I believe they ran the ball like, all four downs, I want to say, or at least uh, second and third down, and it went nowhere. Uh, they, they were just shutting down Le- Lev Bell. So uh, despite how bad the Ravens appeared in record, they were actually pretty good against against the run and particularly owned the Steelers' number last year. So I, I don't necessarily fault the handoff or, or Vic just taking and running with the ball. They were trying to do something different there. Uh didn't work. They tried the same thing where they tried to pass to Antonio Brown, and I mean the guy could catch just about anything. That's like his gloves got super glue on them, and that one just skipped out of his hands too. But I mean the whole thing was Josh Scobie had missed two field goals in that game. You're somewhere within field goal range if you have Chris Boswell at this point, and in fact if they have Chris Boswell, that game never goes to overtime. Scobie also misses some field goals a few weeks earlier in the opener in New England. So, I mean, some people are going to judge the coaching staff based on the decisions they make, but, and I'm probably going to say this a few times during the show, and I just mentioned this off the air with you, Nate, and I said, damned if you do and damned if you don't when it comes to some of the decisions that the coaching staff is going to make here. I just, I just don't understand how people can just tell, you know, just say fire um, Todd Haley, fire Mike Tomlin. I mean, these people, these coaches are solid coaches. And if you want to rebuild um, a team from the ground up, uh, that's going to take a few years to accomplish. And we've seen this with Todd Haley coming in. Uh, his first two seasons, they were 8-8, eight eight, okay? Uh, there were veteran players that retired. Uh, you have your uh, defensive tackle, Casey Hampton. He had to retire. Um you know, in 2014, at the end of there, uh, you have Brett Kiesel that retired, Troy Polamo that retired, and you have to bring some additions in the NFL draft of Stefan Tuin and Bud Dupree. So, you know, it's going to take some time to rebuild a team with players. Imagine rebuilding a whole coaching staff. So I really don't agree with that comment that person said. And uh, I'm a big fan of Todd Haley now that he has got a rhythm going with Ben Roethlisberger. And uh, there's some great statistics if you actually look into it deeply on Google or any social or any um, online platform um, that 
Todd Haley's doing a good job with Ben Roethlisberger, and he's making him stay upright. Uh, he's the least pressured quarterback last season, actually. Ben Roethlisberger, 27.2% uh, of his dropbacks, uh, he was the least pressured quarterback, top the list there. So I just I don't understand the whole thing with firing the whole coaching staff, especially Todd Haley when he's doing good now. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, and those numbers come from Pro Football Focus, and not only was he the least pressured, and there's some other numbers with uh, Pro Football Focus to get into here in a second too, but if you look even over the last several years, uh, that's kind of been the trend as he's become less and less pressured in the Todd Haley offense in that era. And we're going to look at this whole coaching staff as an entirety as well. But just to briefly mention something that that you brought up that I mentioned in the article, that's exactly where all of this began. And it's funny because all the players' names that you mentioned, with a few you didn't, like Lamar Woodley that got a huge contract and then all of a sudden went from being MVP contention, defensive MVP and NFL MVP contender to just being on injured reserve and being on the bench. I mean, you got, you're, you're giving this guy, I think it was like $56 million over however many years, the largest contract that the Steelers had given to the defender to that point. And they couldn't keep him on the field and they were still paying him up until like a year ago. I think he finally went off the books this past season and that didn't work out. And you have Aaron Smith as well, who was a pro bowl defensive end, who ended up having to retire at a younger age, and they they weren't really prepared for that. They were somewhat prepared with Ziggy Hood, but what ends up happening there is is that Ziggy Hood didn't pan out, and you're going to have some draft picks that don't work out sometimes. And in the case of Ziggy Hood, he didn't live up to the billing, and so the Steelers took like a double hit there as well as Lamar Woodley. But it's funny you mentioned all the players you mentioned were on the defensive side of the ball, Yet Todd Haley was the one who became the scapegoat when he came in in 2012 for who I didn't realize Bruce Arians was actually that beloved of a coach when he was here in Pittsburgh. I think all of his love actually came when he got, uh, well, I don't want to say fired. The word that the Steelers organization used was a re- was retirement. And of course, we know from him talking on HBO uh, with HBO Sports and the various interviews and everything that's come out over the years. And of course he took another coaching job right after that, that he wasn't retiring. He was kind of forced out of the Steelers organization. And for one of those reasons, like you mentioned is Bruce Arians, the way his offense ran, Ben was, I I think I labeled him a pinata at a kid's birthday party and they're just taking wax at him and you're just waiting for him to bust open at some point because he was getting hit so often. And even then, it, the Steelers were pretty much anchored by the defense. They had a top defense for all of those years. The Super Bowl, which Jerome Bettis in 2005. The Super Bowl in 2008, which was Tomlin's first that he won even in 2010. Still largely a defensive force. I'm trying to remember the statistic that sticks out from 2010, too. Like, I think that they held teams to the least amount of points that year. I know they were. Uh, maybe I believe the, so. Yeah, the, yeah, in the top rushing defense. And the league has really just drastically kind of changed into a passing league since then, too. So when you don't have a pass rush and you're losing all of these guys, the defense is getting torched. The offense is trying to make up for it. And everybody's in this new system. And then you're you're losing guys left and right. So... 
I, I think it was really unfair for Todd Haley to catch all of this flack. But on the other hand, a lot of people all of a sudden said, well, the guy that he replaced, look what he's doing. Look at the job that he's doing in Indianapolis. And he gets an AP coach of the year as an interim coach because he steps in for Chuck Pagano, who had leukemia and had to take a leave of absence from Indianapolis. So he comes in and he posts a 9-3 and record. And Indianapolis, if you recall, was terrible the year before because that was the year that Peyton Manning got hurt. Yes. And then they had the big decision because they had the number one draft pick. They're going to take Andrew Luck. They're going to say goodbye to Peyton Manning. Uh, they they just said goodbye to everybody. Uh, the, the whole coaching staff is gone. Yeah. Uh, Tony Dungy and all those guys just, you know, shown the door. And pretty much the only guy they kept in that huge turnover was Reggie Wayne, I believe. And so you have Bruce Arians, who's supposed to be the offensive coordinator, then steps into a head coaching role uh, uh, just like overnight unexpectedly leads this team to uh, the playoffs and I'm trying to think I think they won that division they did you know what I think they I think they won the division there and then you have one of the greatest comebacks in NFL history okay the AFC wild card against the Kansas City Chiefs Andrew Luck (laughs) The man throws, I think, four interceptions. It's like Russell Wilson throwing four against the Green Bay Packers um, a few years later. You have a man that throws four interceptions, a quarterback, okay? And despite everything that going against you, you have the just strength to pull your team together and go down the field. And, I mean, I think uh, Trent Richardson uh, fumbled the ball. Uh, another running back, I think it was uh, Ballard. I'm, I'm not. Mis- I don't know uh, the other running back. He fumbled at the goal line. Andrew Luck picks it up, dives over, and then he throws a strike to T.Y. Hilton and takes the lead. And I believe the final was 45-43 or 44, something around uh, there. But the comeback was unbelievable. I think it was like a 30-point comeback or so. I think the NFL record is 32 with the uh, Houston Oilers and another team. Uh, I think the Bills. Yeah, the the Bills. Bills and Oilers, which, uh, of course, you being a little bit younger than I, uh, I remember that game very well. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the one where Frank Reich comes in and uh, I may be getting confused with another game, but I think that was the one where Frank Reich comes in. He's a backup to Jim Kelly, and it just everything's so dismal. And they just came back in the second half, and it was the biggest comeback to date, probably up until this Colts and Chiefs encounter. So. Yeah, that was that was a wild time to remember, and I know we're talking about the Colts and the Bills and everything here, but it is relevant because a lot of people had some very hard feelings about how Bruce Arians was let go. They felt that this team, now, if you recall, in 2011, that something that had happened Tim in the Tebow? playoffs. Yes. Was it, Tim, was it Timothy Tebow? Yes. The man that I, I tell you one thing. <laughs> Let me tell you one thing, Joe. Tim Tebow, I bought his book, okay? I'm a big Tim Tebow fan. And you're going to, these guys are going to be like, oh, Steelers fan, Tim Tebow fan. I like the man because of um, how he is so respectful. And he just, I mean, his stat, his statistics, his win to loss uh, record, okay, and his overall touchdown to interception ratio was, I think it was 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions in his entire career. It's not that bad, okay, for a guy that only played, I believe, two years, one full year. Um, well, half a year after Kyle Orton was benched uh, in Denver. And he comes in and beats – it was the number one defense of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He throws over 300 yards, and it was like 
it, it just it was very shocking and it was just it really caught everyone off guard and then the next year they get Payne Manning in a in that uh, whole ordeal there so that helped them you know they won a Super Bowl uh this past year and or this year actually but it's just it's crazy Tim Tebow was a, a great quarterback in my opinion he just I don't know. You you know, and what really sucks about that, too, is I do have some fr- friends that are Broncos fans. There was that period of time uh, where the Steelers were really good in the early and mid-90s, and they had to deal with John Elway. And I never really ha- harbored any ill will against the Broncos. I had fun watching John Elway with uh, Ed McCaffrey, Terrell Davis, uh, Rod Smith. I mean, they had some – they had some a really good offense. They had a good defense. Uh, and then – they transition from that, of course, and Tim Tebow is finally like, you know, like the savior there. This was a guy that this organization was mocked for drafting him and drafting him as high as they did. They thought maybe Tebow doesn't even get drafted at all. And there's a long history of Heisman Trophy winners that have just been bums. There's no better way of saying that. They're just, they just have not panned out in the mm-hmm. NFL uh, way back when there was a guy from Miami called Gino Toretta, and he just was just miserable, just didn't have a shot in the NFL. I believe Tommy Frazier was uh, someone that came from Nebraska. I'm not even sure that he was drafted. He may have gotten a shot with someone. Uh, there was another quarterback, I want to say, from Nebraska that was drafted with the Rams, and they tried to convert him. Oh, what was his name? Maybe Crouch, and he was drafted and tried to convert him into a wide receiver. Uh, you had Charlie Ward, who was the Heisman winner with Florida State. He did not even attempt the NFL. He instead got drafted and played in the NBA with the New York Knicks. So I did pull up some of these numbers from that. Uh, well, let me see here. Hold on one second. That's actually still Todd Haley. I'm trying to look for the Bruce Arians numbers here, and I accidentally put, pulled up 2012 instead of 2011. Just can to kind I, of see where they're at. Can I just cover one really quick thing here? Um, you know, I I just fans at the time when Todd Haley was um, selected as the offense coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2012, fans were not used to seeing an offensive coordinator run five, six, seven screenplays in a single game. I certainly was not expecting that. Bruce Arians made Roethlisberger the deep threat gunslinger okay he was if i dare can say this he was like the brett Favre. okay he just threw it down the field and a great game that i remember was 2009 green bay packers versus pittsburgh steelers it was a shootout and it was 30 36 three seconds left ben roethlisberger left corner of the end zone mike wallace who caught the ball you know i don't know green bay super bowl he didn't catch it but um he caught it and it was a toe tap beauty. And I would love for you to put it on your uh, Twitter, maybe, and remind these guys of this play because it literally was a beauty. It was an accurate pass by Ben, and it was a beautiful touchdown by Mike Wallace. There, I can say that he is now a um, Baltimore Raven, but it just. Hey. He's, I don't he's, know. He's better now than he was when he was in Pittsburgh. So you got you got to let him be, okay? Mm. <laughs> so according to his own <laughs> oh, yes. words, so, of course. <laughs> so I do have well the 2011 uh, team anyway. I do have their defense points. Uh, so points scored against or points for 
The okay. defense was ranked first, and yes. that was that was the Tebow year. And also, a lot of people forget what the Tebow thing was. Ryan Clark, awesome safety, sickle cell disease, and couldn't play in that game, which I think makes all the difference in that. Oh, absolutely. Ryan Mundy is not a starting. <laughs> yeah, right, right over, right over the safety. There was like no safety help there with Demarius Thomas. So, uh, number one for points, number one in yards, offense, twenty first in the league in points, and twelfth in yards. And I'm going to see here if I can pull up a little more of the Brucey stats. But with Bruce, it, it a lot of the Steelers' scoring actually came from the defense. You had Troy maybe with a pick six or just something of that nature. Whereas when there were actual drives and you look, it was like they were just struggling with field goals here and there. And I remember going through, uh, I can't remember which one of these seasons with Bruce Arians. It may have been his final year, believe it or not, the 12 and four season. And like everybody was thinking 12 and four, they were just in the Super Bowl. They're about to get back in it again. Now the offensive coordinator is gone. You have two, eight and eight seasons and they blame that on Todd Haley, which I felt it was very unfair, especially 2013, the opening game of that season. They had to pick up a guy off the street the next week to play center because Marquise Pouncey was lost for the entire season. This team just had a, an awful lot of bad Flan- luck. Yeah, Ver- what's his name? Philando Velasco? Velasco, yeah. Velasco, yeah. That was something else. And then he gets hurt. Yeah, yeah. And they end up going to Cody Wallace for the yep. end, end of that year. And they still somehow, with. Todd Haley, as bad as you want to say, fire Haley, fire Mike Tomlin. Do not have a losing season. Mike Tomlin has not had a losing season. You had two, for us anyway, mediocre seasons, because I say Cleveland Browns fans would be happy with eight wins and eight losses. If they got that, they would oh, be ecstatic. Oh, my goodness. I'd that, say that would be happy for them. Oakland Absolutely. Raiders fans in the same exact position, I would think. So uh, let me see. I'm trying to pull this up, and I do have it, so – uh, so the offense looks like offensive rank was 2011, was 21st in points, 12 in yards. They were 12th in points and 14 in yards that year that they did go to the Super Bowl in 2010. But then they also had some mediocrity there too. Like in 2008, they were 20 and 22. So it was very up and down. But the defense, you go from uh, when Mike Tomlin comes in and they're Two two and one points and yards, one and one, twelve and five, then one and two, one and one. And then when Haley comes in, there's still six and one, sixth in points, first in yards, and then of course twenty thirteen, that's when everything really started to kind of unravel with all the players we had previously mentioned. They were fourteen and thirteen. So a lot of people felt Todd Haley comes over, he gets fired midway through the season. I know you have something an interesting little tidbit here. He's the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. They do make the playoffs once with Todd Haley uh, leading that team. And then they were just not good that final year that he was the head coach in 2011. He didn't even finish the season as the head coach. He ends up getting canned about halfway through for a guy we know very well being uh, a Pittsburgh Steelers fan and being a rival of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns always changing coaches. One of those coaches, Romeo Cornell, was Todd Haley's defensive coordinator and very much similar to how Bruce Arians stepped in as an interim head coach. Romeo Cornell had done the same thing, and most people are thinking, how bad could Todd Haley be to be replaced by this guy that was a joke in the Cleveland Browns system? I mean, everything that comes out of the Cleveland Browns system 
is, I mean, I, I wish it could be funny. And you know this, and everybody who listens knows my wife is a Cleveland Browns fan, so I try to keep it to a minimum so as to happy wife, happy life. You know what I mean? But you had something interesting to tell us about Romeo Cornell, despite his shortcomings I as do. a coach. Yes, well, um, how bad is Todd Haley as a head coach? Well, I'm going to tell you something here. Todd Haley is not as bad as everyone seems, okay? Regular season record is 19-26. and 26. That is a four a .422 winning percentage. He is 0-1 in the postseason. Uh, that's pretty decent. He actually went to a postseason game with a Chiefs squad that does not have an offense and no quarterback. Matt Castle was the quarterback. He breaks his hand. They bring in a quarterback named Tyler Palco. Okay, I don't know if you remember this name, Tyler Palco. He has two career touchdowns and seven career interceptions, two and seven. Okay, sixty point seven quarterback rating. Okay, when you he's you know worse than Landry Jones. I mean, Landry Jones is better than Tyler Palco, no doubt about it. Okay, you just look at the statistic wise there. Um, but what's really interesting is right after Todd Haley gets fired, they're going up against an undefeated green Bay Packers squad, 13 and 0. Okay. Romeo Cornell is like Palco. You're, you have two touchdowns, like six or seven interceptions at the time. I have no clue. He went on and uh, left the team after uh, the season, but um, he was like, you know what? We got to bench you Palco and we got to put in Kyle Orton. Okay. They put in Kyle Orton. They upset the undefeated green Bay Packers. And they they won nineteen fourteen, and I just thought that was just absolutely incredible. So, yeah, it's it's just a shame that uh, Andy Reid could couldn't do the same thing, putting in all of his backups and beat the San Diego Chargers and got us into the playoffs, which would have, uh, yeah, it, with with the eight and eight squad, uh, regardless in twenty thirteen, nearly made the playoffs with the Steelers and a lot of people. Uh, that's you know it's hindsight's twenty twenty sometimes and the fire Haley stuff was still out there and mm-hmm. it was still out there because those eight and eight seasons what happened was after that year with the Colts Bruce Arians takes a job out in Arizona he becomes the Cardinals head coach and he takes a team that's five and eleven and in a very similar fashion they end up going ten six and they don't make the playoffs so. It's very interesting there, but a lot of people still wanted to point to, here's the guy we got rid of, here's how successful he has been, whereas Todd Haley is dealing with a lot of similar issues that were still pre-existing from when Bruce Arians was the offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh. Still looking at these numbers, when Haley comes over, the defense was still actually very solid. So you have... Let me see here. 2012, they were sixth in points and first in yards overall as a defense, but they only fell one spot in points scored as an offense. However, they dropped from 12th to 21st in yards, and then they struggled some more. The following season, they scored about in the middle of the pack at 16 in points and then 20 in yards. Still not the improvement you're looking for until we start to jump into 2014 and 2015, where we all know the story. Steelers start out very slow. They're trading wins and losses back and forth. Now, the 2013 season was very painful. If you remember 0-4 and and all the various... I couldn't couldn't believe it. They (laughs) they start off 0-4, then they go 8-8. That is incredible. 
I mean, it just it tells you how much passion and heart this organization has and how great of a coach Mike Tomlin is. And I just you you're own four, then you should have won against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, you know, that was a terrible game. Um, and they could even been nine and seven if they if Antonio Brown, uh, what a great receiver and, uh, you know, return man he is against the Miami Dolphins. Um, he an ama- amazing, amazing play. He takes it almost all the way to the house with three seconds left on some. Uh, what, what are those called where they pitch it back and all that um yeah, I just lost the word for it too. It's uh, the the old Stanford play. Um, yeah, <laughs> hook and, there's a hook and ladder involved and stuff. And anyway, he did. You button hooked me. <laughs> yeah, they just. Oh, gosh. You know what? I I say that that I was in the house for that day, and I was actually on the field prior to that game too. And we had field passes, and we're watching. Now, this is pretty interesting, and since. Heinz Field now has that end closed. It may be different, but you always hear the guys on TV talk about the wind that's swirling overhead, and I'm watching um, – man, who was punting for the Steelers at that point? I mean, we went through so many punters, and that's a whole other topic to itself. Me- uh, Mesco, I believe it was. Uh, I think Mesco got canned uh, – rather unceremoniously too he played about three or four games because he was horrible I think he was also a part of the reason that they started that season so horribly Uh, okay uh yeah because 2014 was Brad Wing so it would have been I can't remember maybe even Wing was maybe uh somewhere around there but anyways I just remember uh, the Steelers punter and the Dolphins punter in that end zone working on the punts and just watching the ball wobble in the air. It looks like something I would probably like a pass I would throw or something. And mm-hmm. it was just like Charlie Brown and it was just floating around. And then we get to our seats to start the game. And all of a sudden it was clear, clear as day, beautiful December day. And all of a sudden it starts, uh, it's a snowstorm yes. and it was such a miserable game. And I think somewhere in that, uh, in that, like just last ditch effort where they're doing all the different laterals at the end of that game. Somehow the ball goes, I think, I think Mike Adams touches the ball somehow and it ends up like with Ben and then somehow Antonio Brown gets it in his hands. And yes, it's a, it's the most unbelievable play. If folks, if you hadn't seen this play, I'm going to try and dig this up and see if I could squeeze it into a Facebook or Twitter video, because if he would have scored, this might be. This is right down there with. These are playoffs. That's playoffs. Yeah. Pittsburgh. S- San Antonio or San Antonio. San Antonio Holmes's catch. Franco Harris and the immaculate reception. That play would have been up there in the annals. And the only reason it isn't is because, upon a further review, and I don't know how the referee saw it with the snow and everything on the field. Like, if you took your pinky toe on like your left foot, was just barely. It was almost like a piece of grass with the white paint on it was just sticking like a quarter of an inch out onto the field and touched his shoe. I mean, that's how close he was to staying in bounds and scoring just yards from the end zone. It was just incredible, just an incredible play. Yeah, so we kind of got off track just a little bit talking about the Miami Dolphins and a great play that uh, never ended up being great because it didn't end up mattering. And Mike Wallace comes in with the Miami Dolphins and beats the Pittsburgh Steelers during that 8-8 eight and eight season. And, of course, we were mentioning earlier that Andy Reid decides to sit all of his starters in a game where if the San Diego Chargers ends up – if they end up losing, then the Steelers make the playoffs despite being a 500 team. 
and unfortunately you have a field goal kicker that couldn't make a field goal, and then I believe two different penalties that were not called within oh my that period. The yep. field goal itself should have been retried. And then, of course, it goes into overtime, and I believe there was another penalty. I can't remember what exactly it was. That doesn't end up happening, and it was like, hey, you know what? Everyone's got it out for the Steelers, or so we feel, because we get easily offended. But once again, they make the playoffs. I think everyone kind of forgets about the Todd Haley or the fire Todd Haley type deal. And he's always under scrutiny versus those first couple years. And then even going into 2014, as I was saying, where they were trading back and forth the wins and losses, and they were 3-3. Three and three. And so they really busted open against the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans and Ryan Fitzpatrick, as we saw Fitzpatrick do last year against the Buffalo Bills, just implodes, throws a bunch of picks, turns the ball over. It was just incredible uh, I think I want to say my cousin got up to go use the restroom somewhere in the middle of that and missed one of like the two or three touchdowns. I forget how many points they scored there, just like 24 points within a few minutes to close out the half. And that kind of gave this team the momentum where they just start, they, they move forward and believe that was right after that, right, that they play the Indianapolis Colts, who are a good football team at this point. They're feared. We're, we're thinking they're going to come in here and shellack us, and in, it actually turned out to be the other way around because they go on and just Big Ben throws six touchdown passes in that game, and then the following week he does it again against the Ravens, which is, as far as I know, a record that's been unmatched by anyone else throwing six touchdown passes. Uh, I believe that's a record in a game, and then, of course, Ben did it twice, which I don't know that anyone else has done so, or they haven't done so also in back-to-back games, which is even more impressive. So this was all under Todd Haley. And once again, nobody seemingly wants to give him any type of credit for that, they go to the New York Jets on the road. They end up losing a really ugly game. They're six and four, and you got the Arizona Cardinals who are eight and one atop their conference and their division. And everyone still, you still have all the talk about how Haley and Ben don't get along, and you had those trade rumors that come out in the middle of this, and it's just all this ugly stuff that necessarily may not hold any water, any truth, have any validity to it, and people still have the pitchforks and torches out against Todd Haley, but in fact, and we know over the the course of the 2014 season what happened with all the franchise numbers, you have Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger all destroying franchise records. I believe Bell's in particular was all-purpose yards. Uh, Antonio Brown was, I believe, receptions and receiving yards. And then, of course, Ben with all of the passing marks. And this all happens under Todd Haley. And I know you've got something else interesting to tell us about. Comparing Todd Haley even to not only just Bruce Arians but Ken Wisenhunt, how much better he's made Ben Roethlisberger over the course of Ben's career and Haley's time in Pittsburgh. When you have Ken Wisenhunt, it was, you know, around 2004 and 2005. 2005, they go to the Super Bowl and they win it, okay? Um, that offense was run with a bunch of gadget plays. You have Randall L. throwing the touchdown to Heinz Ward, okay? Now, when you go and you bring in a guy like Todd Haley, he doesn't really use gadget plays, but he did one time um, that I really remember was against the Houston Texans in 2014. Now, one thing that I really like about Todd Haley is he opens up a lot of the screen passes and the short throws and gets Antonio Brown going, Le'Veon Bell, that's Ben's check down. And uh, the really interesting is um, I think that it's time for the Steelers to really get into it and to, you know, just 
win football games in 2016 and get this offense going, even with the loss of Mark Davis Bryant, because if you get this offense going, it can win football games and it can go to the Super Bowl. And, you know, these players are not getting any younger. Ben Roethlisberger is 34 years old. And I, I really believe the time is now. And uh, Todd Haley, uh, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger had one of the best careers in 2014, uh, seasons of his career. Um, it was, I believe, 35 touchdowns, a few interceptions, and I just it was incredible um, the amount of statistics and um, records that he broke in 2014. If it wasn't for uh, you know the Baltimore Ravens beating the Steelers in that wild card because of Le'Veon Bell's injury, I think they would have won the Super Bowl that year. And that's saying something because you have a Seattle Seahawks team that was inches away from winning. Yeah, and you know what? And they're doing it with no one with Bruce Arians. He didn't have Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown really wasn't a household name yet. And you look and see what these guys have produced, and Ben Roethlisberger as well with Todd Haley. And I ended up finding those numbers that I was talking about. And Ben has been more productive across the board in every major statistical category uh even compared to ken wisenhunt who yet another figure who he was the head coach of the arizona cardinals when they faced the steelers and todd haley of course was the offensive coordinator over there so even then a lot of the pittsburgh fans were very skeptical as to whether todd haley could get the job done even though the the offense in the desert was very solid with kurt warner and larry fitzgerald and company and a lot of people want to just give credit to Ken Wisenhunt, maybe because he was a Pittsburgh product, and Todd Haley really wasn't. And a lot of people, I'm going to jump off that for a second and say a lot of people were criticizing Todd Haley because he had never played professional football. Well, guess what? Neither has Mike Tomlin. And Mike Tomlin has gone through and never had a losing season, and I still think he's very underrated for what he's capable of doing with the next man up coaching these players. You look and see what... Ben Roethlisberger had the highest passing grade among quarterbacks in 2015. When you look, this is from Pro Football Focus, he had a 91.5. And he was the least pressured at his position, which was previously mentioned earlier on this broadcast. Also, before his injury, Le'Veon Bell was the highest ranked running back in 2015. So, And he had missed... Uh, what, two games to start the season last year? Three games to start the season? and Yeah, three games. The the first three games with suspension for the boneheaded stuff that he did with Garrett Blunt. God bless that that guy's gone. So then you have Antonio Brown, who's posted at a very minimum, in three straight seasons, a minimum of at least 110 catches, 1,400 yards, and eight touchdowns. Now that's just the minimum. He has gone above that three seasons in a row. The guy's making up records as he goes along. You have offenses under Todd Haley who were seventh and fourth in points and second and third in yards over the last two seasons. So, Ben, the reason that Todd Haley had come back in, and once again, Todd Haley, hey, he, he wasn't a pro football coach and he didn't, or he didn't play pro football, and the guy's been around 20 years in the NFL. This is going to be his fifth year with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he was brought in to keep Ben upright. Now, Ben ended up getting hurt, and a lot of people are going to say, oh, that's because of Todd Haley's offense. Well, no, that's not necessarily correct because Ben dropped back the least and was sacked the least. He threw the most percentage of touchdowns and the most yards per average and the least number of interceptions all under 
not Ken Wisenhunt, not Bruce Arians, but with his years with Todd Haley. So the experiment that the Roonies made and the gutsy decision to get rid of Bruce Arians, who has been very successful, kudos to him. He has been successful in his endeavors beyond the Pittsburgh Steelers, but Ben Roethlisberger has been the better player now under Todd Haley. The thing I want to mention about this is, and this is going to go into some of the other coaches, you have other coaches on this Pittsburgh Steelers staff who have just tons of years of experience in the NFL. These guys get a job in Pittsburgh. They don't leave. They're pretty much just going to stay. They latch on. You have Mike Munchak, who was with the Houston Oilers slash Tennessee Titans for almost forever. He's been in the NFL now, 23rd year, third year with the Steelers, and what ends up happening in Ben getting hurt had to deal with offensive line problems last year. Cody Wallace was a bottom five ranked center filling in for previous year Marquise Pouncey, an all pro who PFF graded as a top five center. So when you look at that and okay, he misses an assignment. I still think Cody Wallace did one heck of a job, but this team, they're going to get better there unless, and God forbid somebody else gets hurt they don't get the injury bug, this team is going to be even better. Ben may get pressured even less, and he was already the least pressured guy. I find that just incredible. Absolutely. Getting um, everybody healthy, the whole offensive line, um, you're going to have maybe some key thing, uh, key uh, mess-ups mess with uh, Alejandro Villanueva if he wins the starting job at the left tackle. But once those are all set in stone and everybody's healthy, Ben Roethlisberger, 27.2% of dropbacks, least pressured quarterback, let's think 25% or even lower. Yeah, and they want to score 30 a game. They're certainly capable of doing 30 a game, even without Martavis Bryant. You have Sammy Coates, who is a very similar player pretty much an unknown just like Martavis Bryant was until he comes out there and they just start you know playing backyard football practically you have Antonio Brown who may be the greatest at his position and working on being the goat the greatest of all time Le'Veon Bell obviously he can do it all they line him up in the slot so you look at all these talented players and it is a product of this coaching staff and I'm going to go down the list here just quickly we mentioned Todd Haley 20 years in the NFL five with the Steelers Randy Fittner he is the quarterback's coach that's been with the Steelers for 10 years, and he's been in the league for 10 years. So uh, that's all, all of the success with Big Ben. He's been there even before Haley was with Bruce Arians. That could be some of the continuity that they have. Mike Munchak, 23 years, third with the team. I'm always afraid that Mike Munchak's going to get poached from this team for a position somewhere else. I don't know if he really likes his time with the Steelers and the Roonies just pay him and treat him well. Maybe he'll stay. I have a feeling, though, that's why they brought Alan Fanica in to kind of be an understudy. for. I, he was there for the OTAs and the mini camps, and they had announced that Fanica will be staying through training camp as well. So he may be another one of these special assistants that hangs on. James Saxon, a running backs coach who has 17 years in the NFL, He's been here for three years, so most of Le'Veon Bell's short career already. Or, I'm sorry, this will be his third year. Richard Mann, the receivers coach, this guy is the one that makes the wide receiver factory that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Four years with the team, 32 in the NFL. Going on 24 for James Daniel, the tight end coach, who has also been with the Steelers for 13 years. So he's been there since before Heath was there. I expect 
a major increase in the production of Jesse James, of course, this year. I'm very high on him. Sean Serrett's an offensive assistant who's been here for five years. So you're seeing a lot of these guys have a lot of years in this league. We go to the defensive side of the ball. Keith Butler finally got his chance to be a defensive coordinator last year, 14th season with the Pittsburgh Steelers, 18 in the NFL. One of his coaches, who's also the assistant head coach, John Mitchell, is the defensive line coach. Is That's his specialty. He's going to be working with those big boys like Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, and then, of course, this year's third-round draft pick, Javon Hargrave, who I'm also very high on. 26 years in the NFL, 23 with this team. Jerry Osowski, jo- Joey Porter, and Carnell Lake, all former Pittsburgh Steelers, 7 three and six years with the team coaching up the inside and outside linebackers in the secondary. Danny Smith has been around for ages as well. 22 years in the league, four with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think Danny Smith uh, got a lot of, you know, a lot of people don't say fire Danny Smith. There's no hashtag for fire Danny Smith, but the special teams, you know, you got to give him some credit for coaching with Antonio Brown and just having to deal with you know, the Steelers didn't exactly have a giant talent pool with those teams that went 8-8. Eight and eight. That's the reason those teams went 8-8. Eight and eight. The special teams was even worse during some of those periods of time. I think the Steelers went through four punters that one year, as we were previously mentioning. And then, of course, finally, Garrett Guimont. He is the head of strength and conditioning, 35 years in the NFL and 10 with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That is just incredible. I almost would defy the look around the league, and I'm sure there's some instances where there are assistants or special assistants somewhere on some of these other teams, but you look at teams like maybe the Miami Dolphins or the Cleveland Browns, uh, they just, they're changing their coaching staff over and over and over, and you have no consistency. Uh, The Baltimore Ravens, I think one of the contributing factors to them only winning five games last season is that they were on their fourth offensive coordinator in four years. And I don't think that Mark Tressman necessarily is a great offensive coordinator. I think they got very lucky when they had Gary Kubiak there for the one year, and then, of course, they canned Cam Cameron. And, oh, geez, who who went in? Was it Jim Caldwell that stepped in? I think for Cam Cameron, uh, but I'm just trying to think that offensive coordinator ended up getting a head coaching job somewhere else too. So they're constantly changing, and that eventually caught up with that team. You could only learn so many new systems over a certain period of time. There's absolutely no consistency. Pittsburgh Steelers, three head coaches in, God, before in in my lifetime. So, and yeah. I'm 34 years old right now. I'm going to be 35 coming up. And Chuck Knoll was here long before. I was even thought of. So that just speaks volumes to that's kind of the pattern that a lot of the NFL teams are trying to maybe copy. The Cincinnati Bengals, of course, just trying to rebuild through the draft. They've been successful in doing so. They've kept Marvin Lewis there for about 14 or 15 years. But Marvin Lewis, fire Marvin can, Lewis chance. Yeah, <laughs> start the trend right now. Hashtag it. I, I, will, I will start it tonight. Yeah, I know. I and I and I have a lot of fun with that. And we really didn't get to talk too much about the whole fire Mike Tomlin thing and that might be for another show, Nate. Uh it was good yeah. it was it was good having you on as a guest. Uh let all the listeners know where they can follow you, your Twitter handles and your website. 
Okay, well, I appreciate you having me on. Um, StillCityReport.com is my website. I run it with a few of my uh, contributors over there. And uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it is at Steel underscore Report. I appreciate you having me on today, Joe, and I hope to be on in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And if those of you who are regulars over at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com as well, you need to look up, just look up uh, Nathaniel's name, Nathaniel Bodner. Uh, He has some really great film breakdown. Maybe the next time we get on, we're going to talk about some of this stuff, particularly Mike Munchak's job with the offensive line. There's some really great work there with some video clips that are edited. You could see how all the offensive linemen click together. Really, really great work over there. I encourage you to look it up. And I'd like to thank my guest, Nathaniel Bodner, for being on once again. You could find Nathaniel. He's always talking to me, too, on Twitter. You'll see some of the stuff shared uh, via the Steel City Underground Twitter and Facebook and other social media platforms. Ladies and gentlemen, it was fun talking about hashtag fire Haley. We don't want to fire anyone on the Steelers organization because, you know what, then we end up becoming like the Cleveland Browns. So just let that sink in. Until next time, be safe, be good, and I will catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply step into the world of power loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.